Now, in part one of this episode, we talked about East and East. For those who didn't hear the previous episode, you should probably go to that episode first and then come back. E stands for making it easy, making it attractive, making it social, making it timely. And note, I did not come up with that. I know I'm, I have a bag of acronyms and mnemonics in my backpack ready to go at any point in time. I can't give credit that. The credit goes to Hawsworth. And it was meant to create kind of a simple framework to understand how some key principles that should guide any effort to affect behavior change. I defined behavior change, behavior science. I talked about why behavior science makes sense, why you need to incorporate it in marketing and business. And toward the end of part one, we we ended with the three ways that behavior, economics, science, psychology needs to be included into your business operations. That being one, internal efficiency, two, marketing efforts, three, product design, service framing to have a successful business, a scalable business, and a sustainable business. Now, if you have those three things checked off, one thing I want you to think about, <laughs> brace yourself. I'm going to say three lines for you. One, mental accounting. Two, pay of payment. And three, friction costs. How do you apply this specifically to make more money doing it consistently and then doing it at scale? And it comes down to these three things, mental accounting, pay of payment, and friction costs. What's a word I emphasize a lot on I digress? growth. What's the action that runs parallel with growth to make it sustainable? Retain. And what's the thing we get navigating through growing pains? Gains. Well, luckily for you, the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast hosted by Jeff Brunsbach and Jay Nathan is here to inspire SaaS and tech leaders through the day-to-day challenges of scaling their business. Jeff and Jay talk all things growth and scaling subscription businesses with a holistic customer-first approach. Along with their barrage of dynamic guests, they dive in deep into the key insights, frameworks, processes, and trends that will help customer success leaders thrive in this ever-changing B2B SaaS landscape to grow more, drive retention initiatives, and get more gains. Some episodes I listened to recently that still has my head moving is the 10 Customer Commandments, Creating More Brand Advocates, Difficult Customer Conversations, and Customer Success at Scale. Listen to Gain, Grow, Retain wherever you get your podcasts. Gain, Grow, Retain is also part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Imagine you just arrived at a theater and you reach into your pocket to pull out this gift card that has a value of $10 on it, but you discover it, it's missing. Would you now take your debit card and come out of pocket to pay for that $10 to see the movie that you wanted? Now, compare that scenario to the second scenario where you did not have that theater gift card in advance worth $10 to buy that ticket. And instead, you arrive at the theater and you discovered you lost $10. Would you still buy a movie ticket? Now, this is not 
something I came up with. This is more of a paraphrased version of an actual scenario where, if I'm saying the name right, Kahneman and Tversky in 1983 use this hypothetical in their research. And although in both cases, the amount of money lost equaled $10, more people, which was around 88%, were willing to buy a ticket in a later case. That later case being they came in with nothing, like no preconceived ticket versus someone who did. Now, the remaining people who are willing to replace the missing ticket in the first scenario felt the cost of watching the movie had doubled. Double being, I literally came in with a pre, like a gift card or pre-ticket that was $10. I lost that ticket. I lost that gift card. And now I have to pay another 10 out of pocket, right? Versus someone who came with no pre-bought ticket or gift card and they paid the 10 bucks for the, for the movie. Now, the exchange to see the movie didn't change. It was always $10. So you see what I'm getting at here. But the people who had the ticket who didn't have in their pocket no more, now feel that I have to pay double for the same thing that maybe someone else didn't. Mental accounting also explains why small monetary gains like winning a $50 lottery ticket or, again, my previous example of getting a gift card from a friend are more likely to be spent easily as they are considered unexpected gains rather than regular income. By creating mental accounts, we essentially ignore the fact that money is fungible, that all money is the same and interchangeable. Money is money. You exchange it, you do it, it doesn't matter. Yet, this will also explain the phenomenon behind how when we treat credit cards and debit cards completely different, and particularly when you're comparing cash payments to credit card payments. If you notice that swipe, you don't feel any friction or pain. It just feels smooth. Boop, accepted, I'm out. If I got to go into my wallet, open up my wallet, take out money, maybe count how many bills I need to pay in exchange, collect my change, there's a longer pathway of decisions of affirmation. Should I buy it? Should I buy it? Should I buy it? I'm buying it. I'm buying it. There goes my money. There goes the exchange that I really need to spend for it. Okay. They give you my change back. Now you look back at your wallet, you put your remaining dollar bills or whatever in your wallet, and there's less money in the wallet than what you left with right? And you feel that and it's, ooh, and it hurts. But credit cards decouple the purchase from the payment because they separated the two and delayed the payment to a later point in time. So you don't see the payment right away that hits your bank account requiring you to pay. And in your mind, oh, all I have to pay is the minimum amount every month and I can just keep swiping. Not realizing they're accruing more debt at a higher interest rate that they're going to pay back. Now, I'm not a financial person. Um, go to a financial accounting person. If we think about how all this pays out, this has its bias and loss aversion. That is, in our mind, losses are more salient than gains, and we usually seek ways to make them less noticeable, which is why credit cards are so useful. I don't have the money to pay for that outright. That's an L. Credit card make me feel less about that L because I can get the satisfaction of what I want now and deal with the consequences of paying that big thing back later. But again, mental accounting is just the tip of the iceberg. There are several other forces shaping our financial decisions. And one key game changer in the psychology of money is the mode of payment. We've already talked about the most common forms of payment being cash or credit. You get my point there. But I will want to break this down for you. Simply put, friction costs are the effects of barriers to decision making. If you remember my earlier example, when you're looking at taking out the cash out the wallet, counting how many bills you want, 
deciding along that gap here's this one here's this one here's this one watching the cashier person recount the money make sure you have the right amount to implement that purchase to get the value back now you're questioning is this really worth the money i just spent on it because you feel it right then in the moment we have to understand how all this impacts so many different facets of things this is also why the phenomenon of well i can pick starbucks or dunkin donuts or i can make my own coffee Hmm, I want to save time. I don't want to deal with some of the stuff. I'll just pay for Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts because there's less friction costs. Cost in my mind of I have to grind the beans and do all these different things and wait X amount of time and put it there versus I get a fancy cup. I'm in and out in three minutes or less. I can feel like I meet a certain status quo. All this stuff comes into mind. So if we account for mental accounting, pay of payment, and friction costs, and how we present what we offer as a business, it's critical to understand these things. In the same way, this is why subscriptions are such a big deal right now. You lock in on a small monthly rate and you're readily happy to agree at that rate. And you're readily also happy to agree to have that money being taken out every single month. Now I can assure you, they're not maximizing the payment of the subscription every single month, but you're still making a profit. And it is not seen as stealing or being inversive because the person decided willingly that is a value for me. Think of some months where maybe you were paying for Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, HBO Go. It's endless now at this point. (laughs) And did you really maximize that subscription every month? No. Do you feel bad about paying for it? Probably not. Because there was that one show that kept you going for three paying cycles. You might have not watched something for two cycles. Oh, when you show that I want it and I'm now at it again. And the same way with business and maybe a course or a retainer model situation. That subscription level matters because for them, the pay of payment seems smaller in the interim. The friction of costs is reduced in the interim. And there's less mental accounting to think about and decision making because I'm only thinking about what I have to pay for subscription wise a month. I'm not thinking about the accrued costs over the span of this duration. But this is where the business is going. This is where a lot of things are transitioning to because behavior science. Now, this may make me seem like a mad scientist, and <laughs> but it is not. It is actually understanding psychologically how to better market, how to better position your brand for authority, for success. You add to all of this one word community and now we have gone to a higher level communities are covid proof i've said this before communities are pandemic proof why troy why because everyone is seeking a sense of belonging they want to feel like they are a part of a tribe they're part of a group that they have some exclusivity that they have shared among mutual interests of people why do you think people feel like they are part of this something bigger than themselves when they walk into an apple store everybody doesn't got an apple and they're all a certain level of status quo they do the nod (laughs) same thing with fanatics fans of sports teams you see someone wearing those colors or the jersey i don't need to know you i just know we identify we share a mutual interest community behavior science psychology it's all there i hope you're trying to get where i'm coming from in this slightly different approach my podcast when i started to now as i've grown and developed and everything is talking about concepts I don't like to go mega deep into the how without understanding the concepts. Because the concepts, once you understand the concepts, you can frame the how to match what your individual business needs are and modify them accordingly. That's why sometimes people feel they don't need a strategist or they don't want one because they feel like they stop once they made the architecture of the business 
or the architecture of the building laid out in the blueprint. Okay, that's how you build it. And they're like, well, can you execute it? Well, I gave you the concepts. I've sh- layered off the roadmap to get to your destination. All you got to do is execute and drive. Now, I've been a strategist, but also someone who's done both. Analyzation, research, building the framework, and then doing the execution. But at my core, where I'm at my best self, where I'm at my Super Saiyan 3 self, where I'm at my <laughs> Ultra Instinct self, is that high-level strategy of breaking down concepts for then you to activate those concepts in the way that makes sense through a roadmap, through a blueprint, through a custom strategy to grow your business, get that sustainable and that scalable growth to get that unlimited ceiling of success because there are no limits. They don't exist. When you can have a sustainable business and scale consistently over time. Stay with me. Stay with me. Back to my point. Business-wise, memberships for access to information, library of content, services on demand at a specific rate. Guaranteed they won't need you at a highest capacity allocated each month. So you'll make money doing less work. And the clients and the customers are, guess what? Still happy. Eliminating friction costs. Eliminating the pain of payment. And understanding how people think and associate certain things for mental accounting. Coupled with making things easier, more attractive, more social, more timely using the East framework and understanding the dynamics of mind space, being messenger incentives, norms, defaults, salience, priming effect, commitments, and ego allows you to then activate a method for repeatable success, being defining the outcome, understanding the context, build your solution to that, applying East, test, learn, adapt, always do all possible things, execute, prime, and repeat. Primary repeat, primary repeat. And that's built all around making sure your internal processes and systems are efficient and effectively moving in an op- optimized way. Marketing efforts are at a high level of success because they speak to the pain points or the joy points of your ideal customer, ideal series of personas. They see themselves and what they're offering. They're seeing the vision of what could be. They're seeing the vision of what they can leave behind. Those pay points are washed away. The joy is embraced and they want to move on to the next thing. And then product design service framing. It all makes sense. Why behavior science matters in your business, in your marketing, in your sales, if you want to be successful in this day and age. just also justifies culture. Culture is a big factor in behavior science because as trends shift, as things evolve, as more people gain more knowledge and understanding and get more access to certain things, predicates how the flow of the world works, which predicates how the flow of your marketing and sales should work, which predicates how you should conduct your business and operations because people are driven by different things. They have different situations. Um, Hello, the pandemic shook us to the core internally for our business, externally for our customers and our clients. The process of how we do business, where we do business, why we do business, how we conduct marketing, how we conduct sales. I hope you're following me because this is a lot of information being condensed down, um, I hope, in a way that's in a, del- in a way that's del- delivered in a way that you can understand and see the bigger picture of how we need to make these moves, these shifts, if we want our marketing and our sales to grow and increase and scale in time. Let's take a minute to talk about time. Maybe you're looking to spend time. Maybe you're looking to save time. And maybe you're looking to time travel to summer because it's already too dang cold outside. Either way, in business, your customers are looking for the same thing. Time. Your time, to be specific. Because time equals attention. And attention means feeling understood. HubSpot wants to help you be efficient with your time while helping your customers feel understood. In fact, 
HubSpot has rolled out a ton of new customer-centric tools that help your business show your customers a whole lot of love every step of the way. New payment tools like native payment links and recurring payment that directly embed in HubSpot's quoting tools and emails mean seamless delivery and payment collection. And now, with the CRM-powered CMS, your marketers and developers can personalize the customer experience and ensure that the attention your customers give you is reflected back at them in data that is timely and relevant. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help you build, maintain, and grow your customer relationships at HubSpot.com. To bring it on home for this part one, part two episode series, again, if you ever listened to part one, go back and listen to it and come back, is this key thing I want you to understand. In order to ace the test within the trials that comes with business within marketing and sales is to first ace within your business. And A stands for accept, get comfortable, and excel. And I've echoed this in part one a little bit. I'm going to expand it to bring it on home in part two. I must accept my reality within my business, my profession, my personal life, my obstacles, my challenges, my identity, basically my SWAT, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So I can therefore get comfortable with the idea that I could fail. But the act of failing is just me doing trial and error of knowing what didn't work so I can do better, be better, become better, act better next time in the hopes it can work and eventually... We'll get it to work more consistently. This improves my confidence in my actions and my service and my product, develops higher level of conviction so that way I can excel at the act of doing these very things to have sustainable and scalable growth. Ace, accept your current situation, being comfortable in your situation, and then excel from the situation. And the only way one can excel at something, they have to do it constantly enough where it's almost second nature to them. And you need practice. I need to be in the trenches. Every client, potential client call, leads, whatever. Why did they not choose my business? Why did they not choose my service? I need to understand that. People are still lacking in the SEO department because they don't know how to apply SEO effectively across their website in the hopes of attracting the right people to say yes to start the process of the sales conversations. This is where our friends at Ahrefs comes in handy. Discover optimization opportunities for your website. You'll see which keywords your pages are ranking for. You'll understand how Google sees your content. Visit Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Sign up for the free tool, connect it to your website, and you're all set. So I appreciate everyone who has ever listened to an episode of I Digress. And for those who have been there from the very beginning, you OGs, you have a special place in my heart. Not to say that I don't love all the new listeners. I love all of y'all. But those who were there from the very beginning, in those early days where I was still finding my way, my voice, my delivery, going through a lot of tests and trials, figuring out how this podcast experience was going to go from me, appreciate you. I want to give a tremendous shout out to someone who's been uh, a big part of my life without him. I wouldn't even be who I am today or let alone exist. And that is my father. He is an avid listener of the podcast. Um, I promise you, uh, we've at least had two hour conversation of at least the last 10 to 15 episodes where I'm like, man, he knows more than me. 
And I'm the one spitting this stuff out. I appreciate him. I thank him. And today it is his birthday. So big shout out to my father. But I also want to echo, I thought this would be the perfect moment, the perfect opportunity to announce and acknowledge and share with my listeners that Homeboy has created a book. I'm like, what? Now, there has been things on the record that I'd say I probably would never ever do a book. And I know I have to eat my words now. Never say never. But your homeboy has created and launched a book. I am now an author, (laughs) which is crazy. And I attribute this book to quite a few people, but in specifically uh, my family, my father, my mother, my birth mother, my wife, um, some core people along the way, one in particular, James Reddix, who basically inspired me down this creative marketing path that I'm on. And at the time of this recording, which is also the distribution day, January 20th, the day of my dad's birthday. Also, this would have made eight-year anniversary of James Reddick's um, wedding anniversary. It's also the day that I'm publicly announcing about my book, which is called Strategize Up. No pun there. No surprise there. I'm all about strategy. Strategize Up, the simplified blueprint to scaling your business. If you want to learn more about Strategize Up, go to findtroy.com slash strategize dash up, and it will give you all the tea. You can also find the book now on Amazon. If you search Strategize Up, it will come up. You will see my name and all of its glory in the cover and call it a day. If you want a signed autographed copy of the book, the only way you're going to be able to get that moving forward is if you go into findtroy.com slash strategize dash up. You will see an option to pre-order a signed author copy, which will probably get to you two to four weeks, maybe a little longer, a little less, depending on um, if it's not sold out and distribution and all the nerdy stuff. I won't bore you here in this moment. I will like to also say, though, if you have been an avid listener of the I Digress podcast, then you will love this book because a lot of the frameworks and methodologies and copy and examples and energy that you feel within every 30 minutes of these episodes are definitely integrated heavily into the book, just a little bit more expanded in a very deep way. But it's also still an easy read. These are only 30 minute episodes, so we can only go so deep. But the book definitely goes a little bit further. And if you've heard of my trademarks like Clover and Dart and Leeds, then you know that we're going to be in the book. You're going to love the book. So if you want to support me, support the book, feel free to go buy the book. Last thing I want to share in this series of episodes is to think ahead. February is Black History Month. No surprise there. I am also a Black man. No surprise there too. I'm going to have some very specific and special episodes coming out in February for I Digress. I will hold no punches, and I have the blessing and the backing of the Hubs of Podcast Network um, to allow me to speak some truth, share some thoughts, and get deep into the weeds of some struggles, obstacles, challenges, success, and evaluation of where we are now within Black businesses and Black culture, among social media, marketing sales, stages, public speaking, all the things, and share a higher, intimate, and vulnerable perspective around it. So I hope you (laughs) stay tuned for those episodes coming out in February. Um, Again, a big shout out to HubSpot. I don't take it for granted one episode when they brought me on the network. 
that they allowed me to amplify my voice. For those who don't know or who have forgotten or may not even be aware, uh, currently at the time of this recording, I'm the only black podcaster on the network. And I applaud them for pushing for diversity among different identities and groups that we all can have our voices amplified and heard to talk about business and marketing and sales and help you grow your business. I started this podcast because there weren't enough black professionals spitting the truth about marketing and sales. And they weren't delivering it in a way that people like me, from where I'm from, from my subsets and parallel communities, can understand and deliver it with examples that make sense to them. My goal is to make marketing, growth, sales, all of it simple for you to understand, for you to grasp, no matter where you're from. A big reason why so many people are still struggling the way they are is because they don't have access to the same information like other people. Now, I'm still just a little tadpole in the grand scheme of things, but if my voice can make some ripples and give people access in a way that they didn't have before to perform and do the businesses and make businesses and grow their businesses in ways they couldn't before, well, then it was all worth it. All the time, all the effort, all the prep, all the retakes, all the editing. So I hope you enjoyed this part one, part two series talking about behavior science in the grand scheme of things one part one with the framework part two a little more depth and meat around how marketing and sales when incorporating behavior science can help you make your business better grow and be more sustainable and with that see you next time and that's a wrap we hope you enjoyed this episode of i digress what was your takeaway care to share your thoughts and tag troy on social media you can find him on all platforms at find troy Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. Yeah!